Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? I'm excellent. Great. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Yes, and Pretty I cool. have I have leaf blowers in my background today. You do? <laughs> well, it's your turn. Great. <laughs> yeah. What are, are we you talking about today? Morning quarterbacking. We're going to do uh, some <laughs> some looking back over um, over something that we did this weekend. Uh, mm. Lynn and I are um, members of our marketing team here at Cohousing Houston. And so as part of that, we do uh, the orientations for new explorers. Mm -hmm. So we were in an orientation this last weekend and the question came up as it often does about conflict and how our group deals with conflict or our experiences with conflict. And so I thought we would talk a little bit about that today because as we were answering the question in, uh, in this orientation, I realized we have a really neat example because Lynn and I were on other sides of an issue on this one. And this is how- sure. yeah. You know, it, it's funny, Kelly. I think, I, I don't know if I said this on Saturday, but um, you know, I consider what you and I are gonna talk about today, these two other sides of the issues to not really be conflict. And I, I'm having a hard time really articulating why I say that, but my, my best shot at it is that for me, conflict is protracted, it's messier. It's kind of this, I love this new expression in the world, hot mess, because that to <laughs> me is like great. It's sort of an environment where people are unwilling or unable to move. It's touching on this big, ugly beast in the middle of the room, whereas the thing that you and I have tackled is this sort of clean, it's a A or B, or maybe we'll have a C, we'll talk about that. Um, but it just feels kind of clean and I have strong sense that we're gonna get there. So that's yeah. why it's, I like the way you said, we're just on the other side. We're not, yeah. we're not in this big hot mess. Yeah, I think there are um, there are there are like waysides and and um, and rest points on the path to hot mess, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think that it starts with something where you're on the other side of an issue, um, and I I think of conflict as um, these kind of little skirmishes that then can lead to conflict as a permanent state, and that there is a permanent state of conflict where individuals are just choosing to be right over being in relationship. And that is definitely one of the possible outcomes <laughs> of, these, of these little skirmishes because they add up, right? Right, absolutely. But for us, you know, the, the state where co-housing Houston is now, we are still pre-construction, but we are halfway uh, full. Our neighborhood is halfway full. I know. Um, we do have a couple of examples where we've had yeah. to wrestle with things, even though they are kind of A, B, or C. They definitely weren't easy. Everybody just go around in the room and nod their heads. Um, one of them that I'm thinking about was uh, we had to decide whether or not we would have a swimming pool. We had a very yes. long discussion about that. And that was an interesting, great discussion, but it was with relatively fewer people yeah. um, because it was very early in our planning. And so the example that, that we thought of that we were talking about in the orientation, just to lay the groundwork for anyone listening, 
is whether or not we would have gas in our units and in the common house. Were we going to plumb our site for mm -hmm. gas? Okay, remember, we're in Houston, Texas. So <laughs> some parts of the country, this might seem like a no-brainer decision. But, but in Houston, Texas, we have a couple of things going on. We have um, hurricanes. We also had recently just had a winter storm that had knocked out everybody's electricity. Um, and there are a lot of people for whom oil and gas has been a livelihood and a, a you know, lifelong industry that they've been involved in. Mm -hmm. um, so even though, even though this decision about whether or not we would have gas in the units and whether or not we would have gas in the common house is not truly hard, you know, it wasn't as, as truly hard as some things probably will wind up being. It's interesting because Lynn, do you want to say where you were on the issue? Well, you know, it, it's funny. You just, I just had another aha moment um, that I hadn't talked about before when you were talking about, you know, people coming at this from being in the oil industry. That's actually not at all what my roots uh, of the whole pro gas. I grew up in the 60s and 70s in England, and there was a massive uh, public campaign to promote the use of natural gas. And I still can sing you the little ditties of the television commercials. It was public service announcements. You know, gas is cleaner and it was, um, you know, safer and it was cheaper. And so it was this huge big campaign. Now, as an adult, I realize, oh, it's because they had just discovered natural gas off the coast in the North Sea. And of course, this is what they were trying to promote. So, you know, my whole life had been about cooking with gas was clearly better. I mean, just from a, a ability to control the temperature and just everything about it was better. So that was my starting point. And the house I live in now, I finally got gas again. And I was so ecstatic that I never wanted to visualize myself living with the uh, inefficient way of cooking things like macaroni and cheese from scratch, you know, bechamel sauce on an electric stove uh, is not an easy thing to do from my perspective. So, there you go. well, so it's interesting that you bring up your uh, experience coming into it from um, from learning about gas at, at a young age. So I went to university at CU Boulder mm -hmm. at the time when um, divesting in um, industries was just really taking off. Mm -hmm. And so um, there, were, there was a huge movement to not purchase you know, things and for the university to divest itself of uh, interest in South African co uh, companies oh, wow. or um, environmental. They handed you a, a Nalgene water bottle in orientation wow. and there were no plastic water bottles after that. Um, it was very, you know, it was very progressive from an mm -hmm. environmental standpoint. And so I think that I've been steeped in that tea um, wow. for a really long time. And I view gas as um, an obsolete technology and I don't see any reason why yeah we would go ahead and, and plumb our, our entire project for any gas at yeah. all. We would just have electricity and we would choose to have clean, uh, clean energy where possible or purchase it where we, if we can generate it ourselves. So that was my um, starting point. Um, so no, you can it, see Helen and I were in other sides of the room here. <laughs> you know, I just, I just find this, this is a little bit of a deviation, but you know, it just makes me wonder whether anytime we come up with these topics, we ought to really allow space for people to try and plumb the depths of what their starting point is. Because honestly, that gas discussion took place, what, 
I don't know, six months ago now, maybe four months. And I had not made that connection until just now with those deep roots when I was a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old, very impressionable and everything that was being fed to me by authoritarian figures or structures was what really formed a deeper level belief in me. And it, it was really challenged in this conversation. Yeah. Do we want to, we want to talk about, yeah. I was just going to say, cause that leads us into, you know, the things that are, are helpful when we are going into this, you know? So we had a discussion, yeah. even though we didn't stop and, and really consider where we were starting from, we did have a discussion where people could, um, speak about the pros and cons as they saw it. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're right. It probably would have been a deeper discussion if we had had more time to um, think through our existing, you know, prejudices or our existing biases or motivations or whatever coming in. Um, but it's I think hard to unpack them sometimes. I think you just sometimes don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And to, yeah, and, to, and also sometimes it's just the gift of time, right? You need. Exactly. You need six months to think about it. Um, so we were thinking about, you know, what did, when we were in this orientation, we were talking about, so what did this, how did this get resolved? What did we do mm -hmm. to change this? We're on opposite sides of the room. What did we do to change that so that um, it doesn't become protracted um, conflict where each of us decides we're right and that that's more important than being in relationship? Mm -hmm. um, what did we do? And so the first layer um, that I think both of us did was to just listen. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to share what you heard that moved you and then other things that you heard that maybe just didn't move you, but that you still heard them in the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So Lynn, what did you hear? I think the main thing that I heard that really moved me was the um, research around the health risks of living in a house where you're continuously using gas and emitting, I mean, those fumes in, in your world, which that was just very compelling for me. Yeah. Did you hear other things also that if that was the thing that tipped you over, were there other things you heard, but that maybe didn't have that same impact on you? Um, I think I heard other people who were also pro gas, if, if starting point, uh, also talking about induction and how a lot of professional chefs were starting to use induction because I was very much clinging to this idea of be able to, I love cooking. We use our stove, you know, many times a day. And I was feeling like I was going to lose something by switching back to what I thought of these ancient electric plates <laughs> that were just a complete nightmare, burned everything I ever tried to cook. So when I, I heard that, um, that was also persuasive. I think the things that didn't persuade me, which is kind of interesting, is, is what you were just talking about, you know, your CU Boulder experience and divesting. And I'm afraid those arguments don't really work on me right now. Um, I just don't have that. I just don't have that experience and that same um, Anyway, it could go on for a long time about the oil and gas industry, but we don't want to go there today, you know. <laughs> It'd be a very different podcast. <laughs> yes, it would be a very different podcast. But I'm not as anti-oil industry as maybe some people come at this conversation. Yeah. Well, so the thing that I heard that really swayed me, um, we the conversation turned from having um, gas in 
the units to perhaps just having gas in the common house, which I was initially against because again, like why, why even do this? Why not just have electric? Mm-hmm. And then our neighbors started to talk about what it's like for them when a hurricane comes through or what it was mm-hmm. like for them when the ice storm came through and to be afraid of not being able to function well mm-hmm. or not being able to feel comfortable and safe in their environment mm-hmm. when there's no way to heat water or there's no way to heat mm-hmm. up food. Um, that really swayed me for them. It swayed me that I don't want my neighbors to be afraid mm-hmm. in times of conflict. And in fact, one of the reasons li- I want to live in co-housing is because I want my na- I want to provide mm-hmm. uh, comfort and neighbors to provide comfort to me. So that's an important value for me. Um, but although it's interesting because the this argument that one needs gas to feel comfort does not sway me. I still don't think that you need to have that. I think you could just pull out a mm. camp stove and heat up some water and it's no big deal. And um, Well, you know, I have to yeah. say just the way that you share that, Kelly, I think has really touched me and I think has moved me. I, I hope the next time we face something like this, really consider this at a higher level, if you will. I mean, I see you as being somebody who has enough experience and a a sense of community and commitment to community that is kind of on, you're operating on a higher plane than a lot of us. And I think modeling that the way you do for the community and being very articulate about what your different gates are that you're going through to get there, I think is really helpful and inspiring to the whole community. And I just really want to acknowledge and thank you for that. That is very complimentary, Lynn. I think I'm so glad we're recording this because then next time I want to just get my way and I'm not feeling like being a really great community member. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You've put you've put deposits in the bank account. <laughs> so if you need to withdraw, there will be grace. <laughs> <laughs> As no, I but, said, but seriously, oh. I, I think just even being able to say that that's a concept and it moved you one time it's huge. Our community needs to experience that. And I really, I just want to acknowledge that. It's fantastic. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, so I was wondering too, you know, if listening was the thing that kind of shifted both of us so that we could be in the same space to come to a decision, what are some of the other elements that were at play? Because I think that there's a lot more that maybe we don't acknowledge in the moment, but things that we're bringing to uh, the discussion. Mm. And that keeps us, you know, off the path of this is fossilizing into protracted conflict. Yeah. What, what I, for you, Lynn? I, I think it was, well, first of all, we don't have huge baggage, right? Which is, which is great because we're starting out so fresh and everybody coming at it new. But I think it's just a sense of possibility that I think that we're, we're all deeply committed to having good outcome for everybody. And I think the mantra of try to disassociate between what is your personal preference and what you believe would be for the greater good of the community. I think that is really starting to hit home for people Mm -hmm. and it's giving them hope and courage that, man, these are really powerful tools to be able to really think like that is going to we're going to go far. I mean, I think it's empowering. So I think that's 
that to me made a big difference as opposed to coming into a conversation where like, oh, you know, I know where this is going to go. We're going to end up back in this corner and the, the same old people digging in the sand and the same old places. We don't have that going on right now. And, yeah. and we, you know, every time we have a little tiny success, I think it builds up our strength, our muscle power in this area. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think kind of keeping that open mind or it, they talk about, um, there are a lot of parenting books now about the uh, free play, you know, like how mm. the state of flow or state of play that happens when you have the technical, you know, elements under your, under your fingertips, but you're in kind of a creative open mindset. So, right. you know, once we have, we all, I think now have kind of the technical elements of how to operate in our Zoom meetings under our belts. And now- right able to enter into kind of a state of free play to be able to think creatively about our yeah problems. um yeah and it, you know it's interesting the extra baggage thing I think about that both positive and negative mm-hmm. I caught myself the other day saying oh oh well Lynn would say blah 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 and then I thought I cannot do that because even if I know what even if I let me just back up even if I think I know what you are going to say yeah um, because we've talked about you know some of these topics a lot I need to not assume that I do know what you're going to say because you are your own person and you can speak for yourself or choose not to speak about it if you would prefer. So respecting those boundaries. Yeah. Of, um, of- but if it's all good stuff, Kelly, go ahead. You know, if I'm going to say good stuff, yeah. <laughs> but you need to be able to say it and they should hear it from you. Because that's another yeah. one that I think is, is a trick of mm-hmm. uh, really building consensus is only speaking for yourself being yes. and speaking for yourself. Yes. I know that I am on slippery ground when I start to say things like, I've heard blah, yes. blah, blah, or people think, you know, when you start using those general terms, to me, those are red flags that I am entering into a, a place that I don't want to, to be in. Yeah. That, that's a big learning for, for new people. Yes. Yeah. Speaking so of new people. Things, yeah. I was going to say, what other things are, are important for new people as they're entering in, because it's all well and good for those of us who've been doing this for a while. Right, right. Well, I think the modeling and uh, like we've already talked about, um, I think one thing for me personally is like telling the stories of past successes. It's kind of like hearing about your ancestors and things that, you know, you come from this lineage and, you know, like this community has this heritage uh, albeit quite short, but I think it's really, we're building on strengths. And so each decision just builds on the strength of prior decisions and sharing that with people who come along. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you know, this kind of open-mindedness to you reminds me mm-hmm. of, uh, one of your phrases that you use <laughs> frequently that I love. I'm not even going to quote you. It's about assuming and malice, please share, share your wisdom, Lynn. Don't assume malice when incompetence will do. And actually, you can just replace incompetence with sometimes idiocy or, you know, brain fart or whatever, you know, any word, (laughs) any word you can think of can go in there at any point in time. That is so true. Oh, my gosh. I use it daily. (laughs) I think it's really helpful for keeping an open mind that maybe just doesn't know so ask questions and speak authentically and listen what a great way to wrap up love it thanks kelly this is a good good topic thank you well thanks for stopping by everybody so glad you clicked on our episode today 
For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston, and we'll see you next time. Bye.